Answer me this. How long have you had that mattress? Because it's looking even lumpier than my lockdown love handles. And while those might be more cuddly, a lumpy mattress is doing nothing for your comfort levels or your sleep. So whatever body you're rocking, put it on a Nectar mattress. And right now you can save over $500 on any queen or king bundle. That includes a Nectar mattress, foundation, mattress protector, cooling pillows, and sheet set, as well as our 365-night home trial and a forever warranty. Go to Nectarsleep.com slash save 500 and get hugged. Hello everybody and welcome to this week's Wolves Fancast. David Evans here on the podcast this week. Andy's here. Hello. Everybody. Jordan's come back for a second go. Hello. And we've got a trialist on this week. It's Matt, everybody. Hello, thank you for having me. Well, you're welcome. Thank, thank you. You're welcome. That was really polite. It was. Yeah, I think that's the most polite, polite welcome we've had Ever. in introductions. Yeah. Pass <laughs> test <laughs> one. <laughs> right, on the show this week, we're going to talk about the game against Man United. We're going to talk Europa League with Torino. We're going to go back to reality with Burnley. And we've got Twitter Corner as well. Firstly, it is Matt's debut, everybody. So it means he does get the fan cast questions of three. So, Matt, first question. Okay, let's go. Favourite player of all time? That isn't Steve Ball. Wolves. Mm, I was mulling this over. Uh, I was going to say Robbie Keane at first because... Every goal celebration for about the last ten years has been the gamble and yeah. and you know trigger fingers. Um, but I finally decided on cult hero Ninad Milias. Yes, um, the first fan cast cult hero. <laughs> yep, yep. Purely for there's just something about these shots, these uh, shooting ability, dead ball specialists. That goal against Bolton. I don't know. There's something about him that when I was watching him back in in, in that day after uh, after he came to us, he's just my favourite and. Just loved everything he did. He was such like a technically gifted midfielder we hadn't seen. Yeah, exactly. He was so un McCarthy like <laughs> of a signing. Well, I think uh, after much after the fact with uh, McCarthy on his own podcast, he's uh, said that he didn't actually think he was the player he was he was signing. Yeah. yeah. Um, but you know he was really technically gifted and just you know could pick a pass and that was everything at the time that I think we needed and he was great. It was good, it was good. Everybody else happy with Milias? He was a good player. Yeah. He, but like you say, he just stood out like a, a sort yeah, of yeah, that absolutely. team, didn't he? He was almost too gifted for that team. Yeah. yeah. Was it, you know, there was he so was, many workhorses yeah. in that team and he just had the ability. He just had a left like his left foot was like a little wand, wasn't it? He was three or four steps ahead of everyone else in that team, so it made him look a bit shit really. Cause yeah. <laughs> I remember years ago when we first started doing our Player of the Season Awards, we went to the training ground. It was Jarvis who got the first one. And me and John Meek, who I did the podcast with at the time, was a massive Milias fan. As we were walking out back to go into the car, Milias's car was, we hadn't realised, was parked next to my car. And he pulled out and John was like, oh my God, I could have met Milias then. But he was in like the tiniest <laughs> car. And you know, a bit like, what? You shouldn't be in those size cars. What's going on? It just looked like a student car from what I remember. Your typical student car. Uh, right, um, next question. Sources, fridge or cupboard? The big it's, one. It's got to be cupboard for me. And <sighs> oh. I'll tell you, well, my wife has a fascination with everything going in the fridge. Potatoes, eggs, anything. Potatoes? Yes, yes potatoes. Um, 
and so for that reason, that reason only, for pure logistical space, <laughs> it's got to go. It's got to go in the cupboard. How do you feel about crisps in the fridge? Uh, that's a no-no for me really? as well. They're, they're, they're a pantry item. You so do that, Dave. I've started to do that now. As in, if I'm at work and I've got crisps, I'll put with my lunch. I'll put them in the fridge. Okay, but yeah, not that, at home. That makes sense. Just keep yeah, everything yeah, yeah. together. But not at home. No, I'm not crazy. But the idea of cold crisps just sounds. It's nice. Horrific. Try it. Try it. I'm open to new ideas, but... <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's a no from me. <laughs> uh, final one, favourite film of all time? Uh, Forrest Gump, was yeah, my favourite okay. film. Yeah. It, has, it, has a, you know, it has everything, Americana, uh, you know, sex, drugs, rock and roll, really good story, fantastic performance. Um, just love that film, and it's one of those, that it's instantly quotable, like there's so many think type yeah. things you can talk about. It's, just, it's up there as one of the best for me. Good, acceptable, I think. Acceptable. That, that's more controversial than uh, Lord of the Rings, I think, <laughs> with Jordan last time. Yeah, yeah, I thought I got a tough gig with Lord of the Rings, to be fair, even in the official fan cast group that yeah. you know we can't really discuss, but still. <laughs> the uh, secret group. The secret group, yeah. I did get panned for that, so if anyone wants to back me up, please, please show your love for Lord of the Rings. Uh, right, just before we get on to it, don't worry, everybody, this is the last time we're going to mention it now. Remember, this week, this Friday, it is the live show. We're doing our first live podcast. It's on Friday the 23rd of August at the Arena Theatre in Wolverhampton. If you're thinking, where the hell is the Arena Theatre? It's by Royal. It's by the Civic Hall car park. It's literally in between. Andy, I'm sure I'm right on that one. Yeah, so. yeah it's opposite the pop art the back of the, part of yeah, the, the art the gallery. Museum. Yeah. Um, so you can go get your tickets at wallsfancast.com forward slash fancastlive or Google the Arena Theatre website. I think it's wlv.ac.uk slash arena theatre. And look, we talk, it's our 10th consecutive season of doing the show, so we're looking back at the t- last 10 years of Wolves in true fancast fashion. We've got a big quiz from Dan, we've got Twitter Corner, there's lots of prizes. There's lots of prizes to be won, Andy. There is, there is a shitload of prizes <laughs> to be won. There's lots of prizes, and tickets are really starting to sell out now. They really are. Yeah. So all we're saying is now, if, you think, if, if you've been le- thinking, oh, I'll leave it to the last second, you might as well go get the ticket now, because you might as well. And some people have said, oh, it doesn't matter, because... Um, you'll put the podcast on afterwards for free. We've got no plans to put this on as free, a free podcast afterwards. So if you're thinking, I really want to hear this, then you might as well go get yeah. a ticket. Be part of history. Yeah, be part yeah. of history. There's no plans to put it as a podcast. We are going to put it online as a podcast, but it's not going to be free. Yeah. Just to be fair for the people who actually bought tickets. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so come along, celebrate the last t- decade of Wolves with us, um, and say, go to wallsfancast.com forward slash fancast live. Get your tickets. Get your tickets. Just get your bloody tickets. <laughs> I'm not going to say... And then literally, we're not going to mention it again. You've got we, a few days left yeah. of being hounded on Twitter. Until but, we do yeah. another live show probably at some point. Yeah. Or it's so disastrous that we just forget it even <laughs> happens. But yeah, just come along. We will really would like you to be part of it and be involved in our first live episode. Right, that bit's done, gentlemen. Let's talk about Monday night. Uh, Wolves, a one-all draw at Molyneux against Manchester United. Uh, Manchester United took the lead in the first half with Martial, but then a Neves wonder strike, of course, equalised it for Wolves and earned Wolves. A point. Gents, it was really a tale of two halves. Man United really strong in the first half. Wolves perhaps the strongest team in the second half. Well, I want to focus on one man firstly, Adama Traore. Was this the moment? Was this the night Adama Traore finally arrived at Molyneux? Yeah. It was his finest performance in a Wolf shirt, I would say. He didn't do anything outlandish. He wasn't the crazy Adama that we, we occasionally see. He stuck to his defensive duties quite well. He offered support in attack. It's everything you want from a wing-back. He was near perfect. 
I mean, they, they couldn't cope with the change, could they, Man United? No. They almost seem they almost seem to revert back to Man United. I remembered last season yes. at the, the start of that second half. The first half they looked like Man United of Fergie era, but in the second half they looked like Man United of this era. <laughs> they, they were. It was that slight change because I think in the first half we were penned back. We didn't really go. We our general position was probably about twenty yards from our own byline. When Traore came on, he pushed us that for, that bit further forward. That, that immediately put them on the back foot every time that we, we broke. It made such a difference, and especially because Dockers is clearly still carrying that injury. Anybody else Traore? It was definitely uh, a bit of a coming out party for Traore yesterday. Mm. Um, his like, final ball was a lot better than it has been in previous matches, I thought, as well. He got to use his strength um, quite a bit also. Um Man United did attack down that side when he came on a little more than, than in the first half and I did think he'd be exploited. But, you know, he handled it well, like defensively, more than, more than I expected him to. Um, and they just looked panicked. And it, uh, Man United just looked panicked. Every time he had the ball, he'd surge forward and they left a little like headless chickens at times. Um, his decision-making was generally good, better than it has been. Yeah, there, was a few, yeah. there was a few wayward... Um, passes that, when he, in my opinion, he could, he could have carried on and then crossed it, you know, at the last minute. However, it was a much, much better performance and the best I've seen him in the shirt. It's a bit more disciplined, from yeah. I thought, yeah, which isn't isn't something you always associate with Traore. But he was actually skilling the board. Actually, stuck to his feet. Yeah, for once, yeah, he just didn't fly about everywhere, did it? And I got I quite like Luke Shaw. I think he's a better player than he's given credit for. But I think Traore mugged him off quite a few times last night. Yeah. He was woodling around with a proper duck arse last night. <laughs> <laughs> He's put a bit of timber on, I think, is sure. Oh, Jordan, what do you think of Chore's performance last night? Um, oh, yeah. oh. No, no, absolutely no. 100%. It was his best performance um, in a wolf shirt for me. He absolutely changed that game yesterday. Sort of had a bit of humble pie with the fact of when I saw him coming on, I thought. I thought the safe option would be Johnny right back, Vinagra left back. I thought that's what the choice would have been and probably would have been my choice at that time as well. Um, but he'd come on and immediately he pegged Rashford back and pegged Shaw back. And I think that was our problem in the first half was, I'll just, I'll just throw it out there, maybe controversially, I do think Man United's first half performance yesterday was the best I've seen down the Molyneux since we've been promoted again. Better than City. It'd be, be up there. It would be yeah. up there. We were absolutely... And again, we looked we panicked, didn't we? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. We, after the first 10 minutes, all of a sudden, Cody and Bennett and that back line just dropped back just because of... The, we were scared of the pace. And I think that, in all fairness, I think Solskjaer got it right last night with the fact of the beat Chelsea 4-0. They didn't play that formation or that, that, that sort of style against Chelsea when they beat them 4-0. Brought Daniel James back in. Well, for his first start, put two wingers high up the pitch with pace, and Doherty and Johnny just could not get out, and we were absolutely camped in. I missed it, but why was everyone booing Daniel James from the get go? Was somebody was saying there was a dive he, right at the he start? Dived, got away with it, and then he dived again. And uh, okay, I missed that first one then. I just couldn't understand it. I was like, what the hell? I was looking at his history going, no West Brom. What's going on? Um, but yeah, they just, they just they seemed to double and triple up on Johnny and Doc. And that was their key. Yeah. But they just pinned us in the, in the first half. I was watching us going, this isn't us. This yeah. is well, I mean, um, Aaron Wambasaka and Luke Shaw were obviously bombing on, trying to overtake the already pacey Dan James and um, Rashford. So our full-backs again are proper hammering. And yeah. we couldn't seem to pick a pass more than five yards. No. So <laughs> obviously we kept giving them the ball back. 
Pogba in the first half, I thought was he's you know what you associate Pogba to be a very very good player. He dropped off, I think, as the game went on, but he dictated the pace of the game and. We really, really struggled to cope with it. In you, the you, you could understand that Solskjaer, you would have thought pre-match would have been like, you know, twice last season we came here, got outclassed. This is your chance now to prove things wrong. And you kind of thought in the first time, oh, I think they're going for it here, everyone. Yeah, and I think we, you know, we did well to get in at 1-0 down, 100%. If, we'd have, if, if that had been 2-3-0 down at half-time, A, you couldn't, you couldn't really disagree that United didn't deserve it at that point. And secondly, we would not have got back in that game last night. Um, we were fortunate I thought we did defend well on the whole with it all as well because although they had a lot of the ball they didn't really have many shots at Patricio two shots on target I read and obviously one of them was the penalty yeah exactly and I think that you know again how we got out of that game 1-0 at half time was that we are consistent with our shape we know where we are and although they had a lot of the ball they didn't really other than the goal that Martial took really well I think that was the only ball that actually went through or behind our back back three I think we rode our luck a couple of times because there was the Rashford cross which Bolly sort of ducked underneath and Martial didn't get there and there was the short pass from Bennett which Bolly seemed to slide past but did just enough to put (laughs) off the uh, the attacker Uh, but Martial's goal first like you say it was a good goal can't can't deny that finish it was a good goal and Bolly could have got closer to his man a yeah. little sooner, um, but it was a finish, to be fair. And it's one of those, really, it was a slight switch off. But Bolly, I mean, I am down as one of the most consistent performers in the game, to be fair, from like defensively. Um, but it was a fantastic finish. And if he'd have maybe gone into his man half a second sooner, we, we don't know what would have happened. But yeah, it was a fantastic finish. It was really good. And then second half, of course, we had Neves and the goal. Wolves ramped it up. And they got the goal. Oh, my word, it was another Nevis finish. So good. You think, when he's taken that, when Matinho smashed that ball to him, he's hit it so hard, he thought, well, he's never going to do that. Obviously, he, gonna... take, he has to take a second to adjust yes, the pass, isn't he? Because he's, he's coming towards his left foot. He's, he's ne- I don't think I've ever seen him do anything with his left foot other than stand on it. So he's got to try and get it onto his right. And then he somehow manages to do that, just lift it over everybody. And he hits the bar yeah. twice, which is just... Beautiful. It's something very satisfying about a goal like that when it hits the bar and goes in. You know, the perfect ones where it crashes through the net perfectly. That's the ultimate <laughs> yeah. satisfaction. There's still something about that. Mm. I still really love But Var nearly ruined it, everybody. Yeah, and I think that sort of <clears throat> having looked back on it on Twitter and sort of what they were looking at, I mean, it took them two minutes to see if Matinho's armpit was offside. Uh and it's just it's just too long for everyone in the start and the crowd and it's just when you when you're at the match and when you're at the game you actually don't know and that's the biggest problem with it is you actually don't know what's being checked mm. so you know you end up celebrating a cracking goal like that and if that had been brought back because for example Matinho's shoulder was off you know this is what I could that, that, you know that's, that's not that's wrong from the pictures I could see they were literally pinpointing Matinho Jota it looked like they were looking at Jota being offside, mm. but I was thinking, well, Jota surely can't be offside in that passage. He'd be from play. a short corner, so he wouldn't have. Yeah, That's what I mean. And he yeah. passed it backwards as well, which I, I don't actually quite get what the whole. But they were literally trying, they had some diagonal errors to try and yeah. pinpoint. Mm. I was thinking, are they really going that far? But you just think if that was disallowed, yeah, the whole place would have just been the, I cascaded. I thought the point of VAR was to stop clear and obvious errors. Is that not a thing? 
the clear and obvious error. Well, there was nothing. There was nothing clear and obviously wrong about no. that passage of play that anybody else can see. But so. even with Sterling's goal last weekend, his armpit being offside, that is not a clear and obvious error. No. Very few humans can see that, I and mean, obviously they've had to stop it and get technology involved to show that he's but a millimetre. Is that more to do with the red card and the mistaken identity, which? That mistaken identity is never going to be used, is it? That's all been done. Be, well, that was all down to the. Was it Gibbs White and Chamberlain for Arsenal? Yeah. Those it's only because of that, isn't it? Yeah. I can't see how that's going to. No. <laughs> that's going to be used. Um, but I was thinking of Matinho. Um, contract up next summer. I'm thinking it was a two-year deal. I mean, oh, you'd keep him. I, I know at yeah, his age, he ain't going to have like many seasons left in him. But that's the but thing. If he's happy here. You'd sign him up for at least another year or two. Do you only keep him for another year? Because he's a weird, you know, he's a fantastic player. But you, like you say, you've got to think of how long is he going to have that in the engine still in the Premier League? And I can't believe I'm saying that about Matini. <laughs> <laughs> well, you look at someone like Ryan Giggs. He went on until he was 40 and he was still a force to be reckoned with right yeah. up until the end. I think it's with, with Matinho, it's going to be the fact of the team might evolve in the terms of you know, he's he's our best for me. He's our best midfielder and best pass for the ball. It, it's going to be the fact of if he wants his, you know, if he wants to go home at any point, or if he wants that fairy tale back at Porto or anything like that. Mm. But for me, if you can keep him here, and he does seem on, you know, anything that you see, he seems happy at the club as well. So yeah. if you could get him in like a coaching role, play a coaching role, maybe not with his contract, but you know, looking. For that, then he's only going to be an asset to us moving forward. Because he can, I think, isn't the rule that you can talk to clubs in January if you're in this position or as long abroad? As it's a foreign yeah. club, isn't it? Yeah. It wouldn't surprise me still, though. Don't want to see him go ever. No. I've... Just keep playing. You you imagine that going forward, we're probably going to keep our links with Portuguese players. So to have uh, someone who's almost a godlike figure in Portugal around, I think that would be a good thing to keep. I can For s- that reason, yeah. if nothing else. I can see him being a manager. Yeah, a very suave manager. Well, <laughs> Handsome bastard. Oh, jeez. Jeez. Um, the other big moment in the second half was the Pogba penalty miss. Obviously, everyone talks about the missed penalty. They don't talk about the Rui Patricio made a fantastic save. And all the media afterwards are talking about this bloody designated penalty taker. Gary Neville's going off on one about why is there two penalty takers. So let's talk about Patricio because it was a fantastic save. It was. And my first thought, if I'm being honest, was... Are they going to bring this back VAR two feet off the, uh, oh, off the yeah, line? Yeah. I think there's got to be a way that we will be screwed out of this in some capacity. <laughs> but it was a fantastic save, and you know it's moments like that that you you do think this is just going to be our night. Yeah. You know you, you have that decision, which at the time I didn't think was a penalty, but upon on review and looking at it yeah. in the highlights, you know it clearly is. Yeah. Even even Cody said afterwards, yeah, it was yeah, absolutely. But then you know it was a great save. When it's power like that, you just have to go one way because there's no way you're gonna you're gonna see it once it's left the boot. When Pogba hits it with as much power as he does, he does well to even be able to palm it without it going in the back of yeah. the net anyway. Because it looked like he'd sort of almost dived past the ball. Yeah. But then you see him get his hands up and, like you say, he's done well to get a hand to it and actually be able to push it out. I saw a couple of people on Twitter saying that if Bennett hadn't had cleared it then it would have actually had to go back for a penalty again. If it had fallen to Cody, because Cody would have been within 10 yards of the ball Jeez. when it was struck. Because they're that anal about it now, isn't they? So. You, couldn't, you can't even play football these days, can you? The <laughs> rules are so bizarre. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Oh, Anyway, how do we all feel about designated penalty takers? Because the whole idea that they've got two and they just decided between themselves, or should they just we be one? We have two. We've got Neves and Jimenez. Jimenez they... 
they've both taken penalties. Do they just decide? I don't know what the ruling is. Do they decide between themselves? Should I, I they decide? Should it just be one person? I, it's players' preference, isn't it? Think at a, like a professional club, um, you'd have your designated penalty taker. Like Sunday League team would have a designated, you know, like someone who would you'd say right, you are the penalty taker, and that'd be sort of it. So. Yeah, I mean, it just seems like a weird rule because now it's, you're just leaving yourself, you know, hanging when you miss a penalty like that. With Man United going, oh well, yeah, we got two penalty takers. Well, Rashford scored last week, Pogba's missed this week, and it's like, well, hang mm. on a minute, you like you, you want to hide into? Yeah. As soon as you miss a penalty, he's going to go, well, why didn't he take it? But I don't know yeah. why it was made as such a story though. Because it's, it's, yeah, it's Man United. It's Man United, and Gary never wants so. to have yeah. a moan. Because yeah. <laughs> it's it's a non it's a non issue for me. I mean, it's. To be fair, if you've got two or three players at your club who are good at taking penalties, use your two or three players. Because when the next one steps up, the keeper is going to think, hang on, what, what's this one? I've studied all the penalties and it was always Rashford and it's Pogba, for example. So maybe just choose someone completely random that's never <laughs> yeah, took a penalty before. Like, what the hell? Yeah. Or Ryan Bennett just to strike <laughs> and smash one down the middle. <laughs> Uh, who else do we think had a good game or a bad game uh, last night, gentlemen? Anyone that stuck out before at all through either good or bad? I don't think, despite the goal, I don't think Neves covered himself in glory. No, everyone's talking about it. People are saying um, first half he was terrible. It was just not being able to pick a pass, you know, that was closer than five yards. And even then, it became a struggle at times. And I just think that the goal flattered the performance a little bit. However... You know, I don't think that's going to be a regular thing. And I think it was a case of we were frightened by the sheer pace that United had. So we had to, maybe he didn't think we quite had as much time as we did. So he's he's forced to make a pass a little quicker. Um, And uh, yeah, and Dendonka again, his passing wasn't, you know, as crisp as it could be. You know, there were balls that Bolly and Cody played that were far superior to that of Dendonka and, uh, and Neves. I thought Cody was quite poor. I thought he was another one who yeah. just couldn't play a ball more than five yards. Yeah, It was just everything was getting cut out to our full-backs from your usual suspects. It, there was a lot of indifferent performances, I yeah. think. So someone like Jimenez, uh, he ran and ran, but just nothing came Yeah, nothing, no end product really. Yeah, and Jota, he's touching the first half at times, was so heavy. And it was going straight to a United player every time, and we just couldn't keep any possession. Do we even have a shot in the first half? Uh, I don't, don't think, think we've we we got out our own half. No, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> ridiculous. <laughs> I thought um, I thought Neto when he came on, he looked like was all right, wasn't he? Yeah. yeah, I think he needs some more time, but I thought he's done mm. all right against Man I would United. like to have seen him and uh, Catrone get a little bit longer. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's what Catrone got last five minutes. Not even that. Right? Was it 89th minute? Yeah. Still? So yeah, five minutes with the. the I think goal. I think with Catrone as well because of his kind of scrappiness and maverick from what we've seen of him so far. I think that kind of fight and that kind of goal would have been good against United. In that I don't think I think when they were they were getting scared of Traore's pace I think having a player like that as well that, that will fight and will mm. be a bit more scrappy and a little bit more tooth and nail I think Katrina would have shined a little more mm. so it could have been brought on a little sooner for me but it wasn't to be uh, yeah fair enough anybody else at all that people highlighted I mean Patricio had a good game yeah, in Patricio, general yeah. didn't he really yeah. so I mean he only had two shots on target can't argue with that goal it was a great goal mm. but that penalty save that's that's a man of the match winning penalty save isn't <laughs> yeah. it it's brilliant yeah. Do we think it was a fair point then, all in all, really? I've yeah. Tailed two halves, like we yeah. said. We were yeah. dreadful first and decent second. I don't know where else we would have won the game apart from the Jimenez header that 
hits yeah. the post, he hits the keeper, in. and goes out <laughs> again. It was that moment where I thought, this isn't going to happen, is it? Yeah. And then there was what, Dedonka's chance that just kind of overstretched a bit. But then yeah. after that, it was just a bitty game, wasn't it? Yeah, and I think that on reflection, um, you know, you, you see on Twitter afterwards, United fans and stuff, how well they played in the first half. They, they, they were delighted with that point at Molyneux. And it's just, it's crazy to think how far we've mm. come. Yeah. Sort of That's mad, before yeah. the game, I was, you know, I was. I was so confident going to the game, just thinking, you know what, we'll beat these. We're going to yeah, turn yeah, these yeah. over. And actually, after the game, I thought, I'm really a bit pissed off actually yeah. how badly we played in that first half because we, we could have beat these yeah. again. Before the game, it was really pissing me off that all the media was saying, oh, can Wolves cause an upset? And I thought, not being funny, but we beat them twice and drew with them at Old Trafford last season. This isn't an upset if we beat them. It's just no. a game of football. Um, who are you giving your champagne man in the match to, gentlemen? Who are you giving your caviar and your bottle of um, Cristal to? Which player deserves it the most? It's a tough choice between the, the two that I think we, we've highlighted. I think because because it was a fucking good save, Patricio. Patricio, Matt, he's getting that Cristal. Again, it's got to be Patricio for me because it turns what could have been a... You know, a real kick in, a kick in the stomach to, you know, we got the goal back and won yeah. the goal at that. To then have the penalty and then he'd be saved, you know, you celebrate it like a goal and for that reason, you know, it's got to be Patricio for me. Jordan? I'll just, I'll, you know, doff my cap, as, <laughs> as it were, yeah, which I'm wearing right now. Um, yeah. I'll actually give it to Bolly. Um, again, Patricio, rightly so, is going to get all the plaudits. But again, I thought at Leicester, he was unbelievable. And again yesterday, I just I don't understand a how he has not got a cap for France, and b why in the summer you're not hearing Real Madrid, Barcelona. Not that I want this to happen, like, <laughs> but what are these teams not seeing that yeah. we see everywhere? I yeah. don't actually quite get it. Well, I thought when you looked at the stats for Maguire last season and Bolly last season, I think the only place in which Maguire had got more or got a higher stat was. The number of chances he gifted to oppositions. <laughs> so it was like a negative stat. Yeah. Was the only thing he got a higher ranking on. Yeah. So yeah, if he's worth eighty million, I know Bolly's two years older, but yeah, but we, we should shut up about it. Because <laughs> you don't want others to know. Yeah, on Maguire though, quickly, and not that I want to talk about Man United too long. I do think that Maguire and Wambsaka actually, you could see the improvements yeah. in that team. I thought Maguire had an alright game. Yeah, that's and, and he can... brings the ball out, and yeah. he, you know, he's. He's definitely not as good as Ferdinand. He's definitely not as good as Vidic. But he sort of is a mould of the two. Like he sort yeah, of he's yeah. come from the ball, and you know mm. he he's a brick shit house really. <laughs> yeah. Everything, yeah. But I was impressed with Ambasaka. Yeah, yeah, he was very good. Fifty million's a lot of money, but he, he looks a decent player. He's yeah. going to have time. Mm. Uh, right, we're going to go to wondering to Gdansk territory, everybody. We're going to Yura. It's the third. What's this? it's the third round? Is it? it's like the playoff round of the Europa League? I've lost count of what these stages are by now. But thank God, after this, <laughs> it, it'll either end or we'll at least get to the group stage. Uh, so we're taking on Torino away in Turin in the first leg of this playoff round. Just before we start talking about this, we had a chat with Tom Griffiths from the blog Calcio England, who gave us his thoughts on what we could expect against Torino. 
So first of all, you asked me how Torino found out that they were going to be in Europe. So last season in Serie A, Torino were battling for the European spots. Um, their form fell away just a little bit at the end of the season. They ended up finishing seventh, three points shy of, of the European qualification spots. Uh, so that was quite a disappointment to them. But then at the end of June, they found out that AC Milan had been barred from European competition due to their breach of the financial fair play rules. So this meant that, that Torino found out quite late on that they were going to basically be competing in the very early rounds of, of qualification for the Europa League. So they tore up their pre-season schedule and, and started again. Walter Mazzari sets up usually in a 5-3-2. The, the basis of his team is basically having a solid defence. In goal, Salvatore Sirigu returned to Italy last season from a spell with PSG, proved himself to be one of the best keepers in Serie A. Uh, right in front of him, you've got Nicolas Nkoulou, signed from uh, from France last season, showed fantastic form, quite reliable, consistent defender. Uh, next to him, Armando Itzo, who was perhaps the, the standout player or the player who came on most last season for Torino, breaking into the Italy team at the end of last season. A lot of their attack comes from wide, the wingers. On the left-hand side, you've typically got Christian Ansaldi. And on the right-hand side, Lorenzo Di Silvestri. Although Ola Aina, who was on loan from Chelsea last season, now a permanent Torino player, can swap in for either of those two options. So a lot of that wide play is focused on getting the ball into the box to Andrea Bellotti. He's their top scorer last season, uh, very much a, a poacher, goal scorer, finisher, their captain as well. So a lot of the attack goes through that route. The midfield trio are hardworking, industrious, but not particularly spectacular. You've got Thomas Rincon, who's a, a Venezuelan, used to play for Juventus. He's the enforcer, tends to sit quite deep. Next to him, you've got Daniele Baselli, who gets up and down a lot. He tends to be the one that's breaking through from the midfield to support the attacks. And up top with Bellotti, you tend to have a second striker in the form of someone like Iago Falke uh, or Simone Zaza or Berenger. So they've got a few options up there, uh, but Bellotti is very much the, the focal point of a lot of their attacking play. In terms of players to watch, Andrea Bellotti has got to be, got to be the one to keep an eye on. So... Three seasons ago, he was showing absolutely fantastic form, scored, I think, 28 goals in the season, was being linked with a 100 million euro move to Man United. Uh, and things went off the rails slightly for him. He got uh, a couple of injuries, I think a knee injury and a hamstring injury that really hampered his form the following season. And he never quite got back to where he was three years ago. However, last season, he did start to show some flashes of that form. Uh, scoring 17 goals, I think, in in all competitions for Torino last year. So, really trying to uh, trying to recapture that form. He's a he's a great finisher, you know, natural born goal scorer in the box, feet and with his head. But he's also capable of some spectacular things from outside of the box as well. So he's definitely one to watch. And if he does score, you'll see his famous rooster goal celebration as well. It promises to be a really really quite hot atmosphere in Stadio Olimpico, I think, this week. Uh, Torino fans have long been starved of success. They're, they're a really passionate bunch anyway. Go to any, any league game in Serie A and they're there, they're loud, they're proud. Uh, it's a really great atmosphere. Um, so I think that will probably go up a couple of notches for a European match. 
Um, the stadium itself, uh, the stands are quite a long way from the pitch. There used to be a running track around it, but that's that's long since gone. Uh, but there's that big distance between the stands and the pitch. But despite that, it does have quite an intimate and uh, intimidating for, for the opposition, certainly, atmosphere, um, just because of the noise created by those passionate fans. So promises to be a really good one for the visit of Wolves. <laughs> And thanks very much for Tom to uh, giving those words. We'll share his blog. He did as well on our Twitter account. Just go to at do we do FC Fancast and you'll find it, find it there. Gentlemen, surely it's the toughest tie that we've faced in Europe. Absolutely. Um, Torino are not a bad team and due to my crippling addiction to FIFA Ultimate Team. Here we go. You know Here we go. <laughs> a few players that they play. Um, Simone Zaza, you'll remember from West Ham. Yeah. Isn't a bad player at all up front. Um and I know that um, Sirigu, their goalkeeper, he's a, he's a, he's a good he's goalkeeper from, as well. Come from, I think Tom Sidonzi came from PSG, ball back from PSG. Yeah, yeah. and he, you know, he's not a bad keeper at all. And they've got six foot Unkulu uh, as well um, in their defence, who, who is not a bad player also. So, you know, it was, it's by far the hardest test that we'll have. Yeah. Um, but it's definitely not out of the realms of possibility that, you know, we'll, we'll go through against them. People have been saying this is like playing Everton level. Well, it's playing the, the the best of the rest in in Italian football, but with all due respect, Italian football isn't a patch on what it used to be. So maybe it's playing their version of Everton, but their version of Everton is probably lower mid table. It'll still be a test away, yeah, definitely. It, that, well, I was also looking at it. Torino haven't actually started their season yet. This would technically count as what would be our final home pre-season game before then they start their league. Yeah, it's ridiculous. It Sunday isn't yeah, it? the yeah. first league game, so you'd like to think we well we are ahead of them in terms of fitness, um, and you just hope it comes. You know, it should play into our favour as well with that, with the tie being um, on Thursday night. But again, you know, we've just got to go. It's going to be difficult, no matter if it's their first game or the thirty-fifth game of the season. It's still going to be. A <laughs> it is still yeah. going to be a very hostile atmosphere. Yeah. So. Well, they came seventh last season, Syria, and as Tom mentioned, the only reason why they got in there is because of AC Milan's. Um, but it was a lot, but their ban wasn't it? They took the ban in the end, didn't they? Yeah, I think that they asked to be booted out, didn't they? <laughs> but you think about end of June, you're thinking, okay, another season. Oh, by the way, lads, you're in Europe. What? <laughs> um, weren't they sorting that out whilst the draw was going on for the first? Yes, yeah, I think games, Milan were actually. Milan were actually in the hat, or were, protected, yeah. were meant to be in the hat, and then as soon as Milan dropped out, all of a sudden Wolves became the seeded team the, out of yeah. nowhere. It's like, oh, thank you. The very draw much. was pushed back by an hour, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, that was just yeah, someone just takes crazy. a ball out. Like, there we go. No one's seeing that one <laughs> there. Um, what's the best outcome? Obviously, the best outcome here is to win fantastically, but given that we don't really know, in some, we know Turin's going to be a tough test, but we don't really know what a tough test it's going to be. Is it get the away goal at least? I would have thought, because if you take them back to Molyneux, you'd be confident with a reasonable scoreline, you'll get the, the victory. What do we all think? I could be wrong. I'm just spitballing it out there. I think any away tight in Europe, you want that away goal. Because at home, we know we can beat anyone, to be perfectly honest. Yeah. So yeah, that away goal would help. I don't think it's out of the, the realms of possibility to go there and win. If I'm honest, I mean, look what we did last season to some of the, the biggest clubs in the world. I mean, we went to Arsenal and by the, the jammiest of jammy goals, <laughs> yeah, you know, yes. we got a good result there. We went, we schooled Everton 3-1. You know, we've got a very good record, so I don't think it's impossible for us to go there and win. 
for yeah. me, I'd be happy with a nil-nil draw as long as we come back with a full bill of health. With the amount of fixtures yeah. that we have going forward, providing you know everybody comes back and our star players aren't injured, I'd take a nil-nil, take the game to Molyneux where you know we, we've got a fully fit squad, uh, everyone's fresh to play because you know Bur- with Burnley ahead as well, a game that you'd be targeting three points yeah. for, you know, just to come back still in the tie would be perfectly fine for me. Somebody at work said to me today, oh, "Could I get that win on Sunday, haven't we? I was like, third game of the season? <laughs> Come on. Look, it's a relegation season. <laughs> <laughs> but like Matt was saying about there with the, the fitness, you know, a Monday night game where you've really been taken to the limit with Man United and you've got a, then you've got a day off or day training, travel to Italy, play a game, rest, come back, and then you've got a game against Burnley who are going to be very, I know, stereotypical here, but physical to you on Sunday. It's a tough old week. It is. I mean, but it's a bit shitty that we played last night rather than yeah, Sunday. Because yeah. I think that extra day would have been a lot more beneficial. But it is what it is, isn't it? But they've it? got the Chinese voodoo magic, haven't they, now? No one they gets have. injured. Yeah. <laughs> no one gets injured. It's the ground up uh, rhino horn, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. I'm looking forward to it. I'm just looking forward to seeing the atmosphere I'm expecting to see on Thursday night. At yeah. the ground, on the pictures, on the telly. Yeah. It will feel there like there a, a proper thing. European fixture. Yeah. Because it's a team we've heard of, for one, for the yes. most part. <laughs> um, so it will feel like a proper European fixture then, and, you know, with players of, uh, you know, of a good pedigree for the opposition as well. So this will be, the, this will be the, you know, the game where it really feels like we've turned it on and we've moved forward for me. I want to see flares. I want to see motifs, over-the-blown mo- motifs. I can't understand what's going yeah. on. Yeah. You, you don't want to hear it, but I wouldn't even mind a bit of a, like, you know, the old goal Lazio. <sighs> you don't want to hear it, but that's what you associate Italian football Can with. Can we not get, yeah. like, an Italian one just to be the Wolves commentator <laughs> and he can do the same thing? Maybe we'll get Spears doing it. I'm sure he'll do it on Twitter anyway, but maybe he could just, you know, do a sound clip of it. That'd be fantastic. We just need, yeah, Mikey Burrows to watch it and just to do the, the goal. The, the game's still carrying on. <laughs> I'm, I'm really looking for look you know I think if we can get to the group stage it's fantastic just for our kind of history and the teams we can play but I just think this is a very exciting two-legged if we can get a good yeah. result that I'll final be, game at Molyneux yeah. can be very tasty I will be absolutely fuming if we don't get to the group stages though <laughs> after all this because for me it still isn't Europe until you're in the group stages yeah. Yeah. yeah you want to see those Europa signs at Molyneux that still annoys me that you haven't seen those official banners yeah. or anything like that and you want to hear that shitty theme tune that everyone <laughs> well, I've not heard it what it's just like a knockoff version of the uh, Champions League it one. should be it's the a Pengland Champions League yeah. one <laughs> Probably. <laughs> That's what it should be. Should get like a full um, orchestra there to do it. I think that's what we should do. We'll just we'll just do it. We'll hire it. Right, okay. We'll do it. We'll the do it. Cast will do it. <laughs> we'll do it. We'll learn instruments. <laughs> that's our task. Right, everybody. We're going to talk about Burnley and we're going to do Twitter corner after this. We do have a game on Sunday, everybody, after the European adventure. And that is Burnley at home. Uh, last season at home, Wolves won 1-0. Probably the most dominant one-sided 1-0 wins you see. And the return fixture, it was I think it was like a 2-0 win for Burnley, wasn't it? Uh, a turf more. Just want to ask you about Burnley firstly. Do you think they could be relegation candidates this season? They've, they have spent people. They've got Rodriguez from West Brom. They've got Danny Drinkwater on loan. They've got Eric Peters from Stoke. 
I just wonder how long it's going to take. Burnley always seem to do it, but there's a thought in my head that thinks it's going to burst eventually. And they're like, well, they're always going to be a team that are always just going to stay up. No, I think, you know, you, you do see every team, if you don't have, and might be talking about a turn here for Burnley, but if you don't have that ambition to actually try and break that top six as such, you sort of have that cycle, like the baggies had it, you know, Charlton's this one, Blackburn's, your Bolton's. Yeah. You seem to just what's the aim every you season? You sort of seem yeah. to linger, and your time and your ticket always seems to be up. And I think that you know this year, I, th- I do think there's worse teams in the league than Burnley, but it wouldn't surprise me if they went down at the mm. same time. They're one of those teams that, and I think that why they're always going to be relegation candidates is they don't, you know, they're not very fashionable in terms of the players they sign, the style they play, but they are very effective yeah. in what they do. Um, so, you know, I'm expecting a real difficult game Sunday, whether, we were, you know, we were playing Torino or not on Thursday, you know, it they can come and they can, you know, make it a very frustrating afternoon for you and I'm sure they'll do it again. I think if we were playing them away, I think it would have been one of the worst games you could yeah, do. Absolutely. Definitely. But, Matt, what do you think? Are you a fan of the Burnley? Well, not they're not the most attractive football, uh, you know, to watch. Um, I, I don't think that they'll be in and around the real serious relegation scrap. You know, they've had a decent start to the season already. Yeah, yeah. Um, but in terms of you know what we've mentioned about ambition, they've only spent eight and a half million pounds. Now, can any Premier League team get away with only spending eight and a half million pounds? <laughs> it's like they've had loan moves, but. It's, it's, let's put it this way they're not they're not Watford or Wolves loan moves where we're talking yeah, superstars yeah, yeah, that we yeah. bring in them for £32 million pounds a season yeah. later um, so for, for that reason I think it, it is a case of when not if they yeah. get relegated but I don't think it'll be this season I think Transfer Market was saying that this summer they've made a net loss of half a million on their wow, transfers that's incredible I mean balance the books wise that's great yeah. isn't yeah. it <laughs> I just think how long it's going to I know the last season they, you know, a couple of seasons ago they got fifth but then the Europa League Seem to burn them out a bit, I and that's what everybody says about us. But you look at someone like Burnley, and where you can compare them to the likes of the shit and Stoke and Bolton back in the day. What happened with them is they were happy to exist up until a point, and then all of a sudden think, okay, we'll change it now, and then it's inevitably that's where it all goes yeah. wrong. Whereas I think Burnley have got that stability within their club, yeah. where um, Deich is. He's an all right manager. He's a bit of an Allardyce type. You know, he, he knows how to get the best out of his limited group of mm. players, and that's enough to keep him surviving. Yeah. If he was to go, then I think they would yeah. be in. You know, they would possibly be relegation candidates. That's my thought on it as well. Yeah. I think yeah. that you see, like say with the Albion, as soon as you know they got rid of Pulis, Pardew comes in, tries to open up a place in football they go down. Mark Hughes comes in at Stoke, mm. they go down. And that's the sort of thing. And I think that, I don't, you know, I don't think there's any, again, the ambition side of it. I think that Deutsch is happy to be at Burnley. I think Burnley are happy to have him. Yeah. And they want to just, if they stay up every season, they are that's, happy They're going to party and on it. And, fair, and, you know, fair play to them for that as well because it wasn't so long ago that we were in that similar boat under McCarthy. It was like with Stoke, wasn't it, when they moved on to Marcus because they wanted to change the way they played. It did work at first, but you have to attract that kind of player. And Burnley going to, if they say one day, you know what, we want to be a bit more expansive, a bit more creative, Dice goes, that's not me, we'll get someone else. Are they going to attract that kind of player? They're never going to get no. a Shakiri level player, are they? Well, the thing, I mean, the thing for me is I, I worry with our European campaign, 
who will we hold on to at our level, you know, going forward? If we were, if we didn't qualify for Europe the following season, would we yeah. keep a Neves, etc.? Yeah, yeah. So why would any player worth their salt want to go to a, a a Burnley team that are just consistently okay with fifteenth and fourteenth? Why would any apart from a you know a fantastic paycheck? Why would any player? Who had ambition want to go yeah. there? Yeah. It's like the Fulhams and Charlton's years ago. They used to be mid-table all the time. And you just think, what's like you, Andrew? What is the yeah. goal mm. every season? You're just existing, aren't you? Is that you get your one maybe big win against a top six team, and you're never really going to have a cup run? Mm. So what's the excitement to have every and, year? And you, you either get players who are possibly just on their way out, or maybe on their way up. Mm-hmm. You never quite get a yeah a steady thing. Which fair play, if that's what they want, but. That ain't for us, really, is no, it? When, no, you know, not at all. Where we're going, it's, we don't need roads. Uh, I know we just touched on Sean Dice, but we, I mean, I, I like him genuinely as a manager. He's probably that high-end championship, low-end Premier League kind of guy. I like. He's very honest in his interviews. He's got this crusade about diving, isn't he? Isn't it? <laughs> he will not rest. His soul will wander this earth until diving is fixed in football. Well, it wasn't that long ago when they did qualify for Europe that prior to Southgate, he was being tipped as yep. the next England yep. manager. Yep. And it would have been very typecast with an Allardyce, etc. And obviously, the Southgate revolution's come along, waistcoats and all. And, and, you know, we're playing a bit more of an expansive, younger, fitter team now. But, you know, it wasn't that long ago that he was being tipped for the England job. And, you know, prior to Southgate, you can kind of see it, I guess. It would have been a safe pair of hands, but... Yeah, but I think the, the British press, that they love that. Yeah. We've got to get an English lion Absolutely. in there. And, yeah, okay, <laughs> mate. But, yeah, he's he's a good manager. And like I said, you know, he knows how to get the best out of his players. You know, he's not pushing them beyond their limits, which I think is all you can ask. Yeah, absolutely. He's always going to get a, you know, decent score at the end of the day. I think he is. Mm, yeah, yeah. Um, what do you think we're thinking on Sunday then? Predictions if offer, wise, if you offer me one nil right now, I would snap your hand <laughs> for it. Just, I, I just don't like the something. Just, I just don't like the game, and I think it's a lot of it's just due to how we were against these lesser teams last season. Like, I'd, I'd, I'd honestly just take a one nil scrappy goal off Jimenez off his arse. Just get it, get you know, get the game done with, and get ready for that home leg. I, I just wonder whether we will see changes again and maybe people like Vinagra, this will be the game for him to come back in or whether we'll play on Yeah, on I Thursday. think we'll, ha- we'll end up with maybe four or five changes from Thursday night, purely because it's a long way to be travelling midweek, coming back for that game. I think we will see a few new, probably Catrone, maybe Neto, who else? Yeah, Sice, Vinagre, Sice. Yeah, it's what do you pro- like, it, it'll be interesting going forward, what is the priority? Whether they're going to put stronger squads out in Europe, or in the Premier League, or both, it's it's one of those things. I think maybe just to get there. For example, you know, again, if you offered, you can definitely get through against Torino right now, but you've got to lose to Burnley. I think every Wolves fan would probably take it because a loss to Burnley, third game in the season, is not going to mm. define the season. Mm. So I think as soon as you get to that group stage, that's when you might see the rotated squads then. But I think. I, I just think this actually getting into Europe is such a big thing for the club and foes and that that is the priority right now and you've seen that with the Crusaders team and uh, you know Pionic team that we actually went mm. full strength effectively to win the ties and get through so I think so yeah yeah I think that's Burnley doing everybody and you know what it's time for now it's not the quiz we haven't got a quiz this week sorry everybody 
Dan's preparing a bit too much for the quiz on the live <laughs> show, which you can get tickets for, by the way. But we're gonna, we'll finish off with Twitter Corner then this week, everybody. This is your chance to send us your questions, uh, and we'll answer anything. So it could be Wolves-related, could it not be Wolves-related, we don't really care. We will answer the questions uh, at WWFC Fancast on Twitter. We had one last week that they didn't answer from Judah. Oh, about the fiend. The fiend. Oh. Is he the best thing to happen in WWE? It, yeah, it was. It was yeah, so yeah. much. Matt is also of this club. I am. I am. You are also of this by parish. Hook by crook. Mm. <laughs> the fiend for me. Yeah, it just harks back to a day when you know it was all characters and it was it was something different and you know uh, at the minute the the Finn Balor match at SummerSlam whilst it wasn't you know a great technical wrestling match the spectacle of it was fantastic and I just can't wait to see what they do next with it you know will it be like a Ministry of Darkness and he has a, a flock Oh, or would, like he, would it be a lone ranger and, and you know just attack people on his own? I don't, you know, I love Jordan's kind of like I have no idea. Yeah. What's going like, on I'm just, I'm just hoping. Is, is, is this Mick Foley again? Is he like? Well, he's well, 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 well. He's took on Mick Foley's um, finisher move, the man, the claw, the mandible claw. Yeah, yeah. 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 I'm interested now. Yeah. <laughs> but when it was the, uh, I know people are, are turning off in droves that he's all these people. Um, the bit at SummerSlam when he did that to Finn Balor, it really looked like he had his fingers right down Absolutely, his throat. Yeah. It was really well done. I don't know how they do that, what the secret of magic is there. but No, it's not something that I'd want to test out <laughs> to try and find out how they do it either because it looks terrible. But I thought, I watched it thinking, yeah, this is, I'm, this is what it needs to be. This is what they've missed miss now for a while. You know, people want characters and people want over the top and people want, you know... A soap opera sometimes, you know, that's all that's sometimes that's all you need in wrestling. So, you know, it was exciting, it was good, and I think I'm looking forward to see what, yeah. what else they do. It with was it. as close to anything they did in the Attitude Era as Ooh, they've done era. since. This the is what I mean. Era. I'm back again. We're yeah. getting back My on board. Yeah. <laughs> if, you're, if you're listening and you're thinking, I've no idea what's going on, just type in The Fiend SummerSlam and just, just give it three minutes. And I'm guaranteeing yeah, just you. Just watch the entrance. Just if you're, you're a bit, if you're a bit curious about, it, just watch it. You'll enjoy it anyway. John Hamilton, who did uh, wondering who to Gdansk uh, extra from last week, uh, sent a question in saying, "Do you ever think about the f- how many photos that you're in that you don't know about?" Well, like I said earlier, I thought I was going to be on the the VAR review last night, <laughs> and now I'm worried that I am. Um, the the shock and the anger and all the expressions that went with it. So. I'm, I'm sure there is a lot of pictures of Matt Guy on the internet somewhere that I, I don't want people to see. But It's a thought I've never come across and now it really troubles me. Yeah, whenever I see a crowd shaft, I try and figure out, am I going to be in this one or not? There's people's random like weekends away when you've been away as well and you're like, drunk in the background. Yeah. Thinking that, that, that's a family memory there somewhere yeah. in a photo book. That's me ruining it. Yeah. <laughs> Do you ever think about Jordan? Any of the photos that you, you don't know about? That I'll you're be honest in? with you, not into that question. Now I'm literally <laughs> shitting myself. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. I'm thinking, what? Go back on Facebook and try and find every single person oh, we're friends with. Yeah, it was one of those things. You go to uni, you, you know, you don't care when you're at uni, and it's you go for your first proper job, and you're like, I think there's a few albums that need to get deleted. Were you yeah. were you part of the MySpace generation? I was, yeah. What do you remember? What your song was on your profile? Oh my god, oh. mine was uh, <laughs> actually I do, and yeah. this is um, this is really embarrassing. Here we go. So it was um, it was Justin Timberlake. Which wow. one though? No, Ooh. which one? Which one? It's I'm, I'm allowed. Senorita. No, it wasn't actually. Oh. It was. Um, I think it was Future Sex Love Sounds, which is even oh, wow. fringier. That's, that's all right. I'm really sorry, but it was yeah. all right. I had the second three. album was okay. No, I actually yeah. liked the album. Yeah. But thinking about it now, you know, if you load up that profile now. God, that cringe you out on it. Future mm. sex, love, sound. Yeah, <laughs> <One of those. laughs> yeah. That's like he's in the room. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
My, I, I, I googled, I googled. I, I thought, I think I remember what my URL is, and I typed it, in, and it's still there on MySpace page. Really? Oh. All the songs gone though. I think mine was like a Lexus on fire. No transistory, is it called? I vaguely remember the band name. Yeah, I'm guessing I know the band now. I couldn't tell you the song. Price, know what he yeah, yeah. yeah, so that was my yeah. But everybody else, do we were all part of the MySpace? Generation? I was. Um, the, the real test of your fr- uh, friendship was where your friend fell in the top eight. Yes, um, but I, I was a that was my kill switch engage era. So that was when I had <laughs> kill switch engage was my song during that time. Yeah. So yeah, I was part of MySpace. Sadly, did you have the what? Uh, what do you remember what your background was? Because you could put like any random crap. I think you like, could have anything. It was, it was it, I think it was like a poster Slipknot or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> Andy, I, do you remember drum yeah, I'd done mine in the um, the New Fellas by the Cribs album. I'd done it in that style, so it was grey and fluorescent yellow. <laughs> and the song was. Could you actually read in the writing because it was that bright? Yeah, yeah, the, the writing was in black, but the, oh, the right, rest okay, of the okay. theme was, yeah, and the song was The Wrong Way to Be by The Cribs. Also on MySpace as well, have you seen Jordan Henderson's MySpace? Oh, yeah, no. I've seen yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, me I've and seen my it. gorgeous girl, G-A-W-J-U-S. <laughs> <laughs> and he's earning 150 grand a week now. <laughs> Madness. Didn't Deli, was it Deli Alley had one back in the day, was yeah, it? Yeah, he had the Top Man T-shirt. Yes. Really. <laughs> two, for te- two for 12 Top Man T-shirt <laughs> with his Sony Walkman on the mirror. There'd be so many footballs out there back oh. in the day. Oh, Jack, oh. Did Aaron Ramsey have one as well in MySpace, yeah, isn't it like that? there's loads. I think Andy Carroll as well. As well, just yeah, I think you know what well, that might be more there's like a, evening entertainment. There's actually. a yes. Twitter, <laughs> account, <laughs> there's a Twitter account out there that's got out of context old footballers from MySpace pages. Someone yeah, make a, it. Yeah. This might be a spin off. This, yeah. 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 this could be a niche. This could be a niche. We could monetize this. Um, another question from William Lloyd Do fish drink water? Oh, no, oh, yeah, I, I wouldn't have thought fish drink water. They must do because they create air bubbles, so they've got to. Yeah, yeah. I don't know the science. I think. Tell they me do. the science, I Andy. I think they do because w- once they've done their bloop thing, the they release an air bubble, so they must have removed water to create that. Yeah, I think is the science behind it. It's hard not to, isn't it? Really? Yeah. <laughs> you can't really That's avoid true. It. <laughs> uh, yeah. If they want to or not, they're, they're swallowing some water. <laughs> on yeah. Um, right, our very own Roy Hoops says approximately how many nervous shits before the live show asking for a friend <laughs> I don't know what ratio maybe I'm fine yeah you're fine I'm yeah. fine yeah bowels. I don't really do nerves to be no, honest bowels are going to be fine yeah, beforehand yeah, yeah. yeah. just Good. fire a okay. big one off before uh, we go on stage <laughs> <laughs> be fine and the shit as well <laughs> uh, we've got uh, what else have we got here what else have we got what else have we got uh, Davy Hoop or Hop says, has anybody got a better collection of goals in the last three years than Neves? Has anybody else got a better collection of goals mm. than Neves? I don't, I really don't think so. No, I mean, of the te- is it 10 goals he scored now for us? Has so anyone got a better YouTube compilation of goals? That's yeah. what you've got to base it on, haven't you? Yeah, Ronaldo, I mean, you, Ronaldo, you might stretch something on. Bale, you might stretch something on. But you've got like probably about ninety five percent of Neves's goals are wonder strikes. Yeah, no one's got that higher level of of stunners. Someone make a graph <laughs> of ratio yeah. of goals. And pie chart, please. <laughs> <laughs> um, Nag or at Kingwolf eighty four on Twitter. We'll finish on. Says who's got the bigger muscles, Ella Kobe or Traore? I think Ella Kobe still wins it, doesn't he? Yeah, I would say so. He was a beast. Yeah. We love George Ella Kobe. It's got to be Ella Kobe, isn't it? I mean, yeah, no, there's not even a competition, is it? It's just, yeah, I saw him fracture a man's skull. Yeah. <laughs> right, it's Ella Kobe. 
<laughs> then that's a wrestling match. Eliko Vitore. Oh, yeah. oh, they'd be an absolutely vicious tag team, wouldn't they? <laughs> yeah, it's, it'd be a classic case of speed versus power, I think, yeah. about that encounter. <laughs> so one, one I'd the... pay to see. Have you seen the collection of um, like the best Wolves goals against Man United that they tweeted out yesterday? I've seen a bit of it. Yeah, I, it... I'd forgot how good that, that header from Elikobi was against Man United. Made even better, obviously, the fact that you've got Van der Sar, one of the best keepers yeah, of all yeah. time, just out of his reach. Really good finish, that is, was. Is that debate still raging on? Was it Elikobi or Doyle? For I was just about one? to say that. Yeah, it was a brave a brave uh, attempt by Doyle to try and take the goal off <laughs> Elikobi, yeah. if I'm honest. But... Um, <laughs> I know that Rich interviewed Doyle a few years ago on, on here, and I've forgotten what Doyle said. I think I know Rich asked him the question. I can't remember what it was now. But I think they both claim that goal still to this day, don't mm. they? I just love the phrase that at that point in the match, you could have said, Ella Kobe is on a hat-trick against Man United. Imagine if we'd have got a penalty. <laughs> <laughs> now, that's, that's talking about the designated penalty. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, good times, everybody. Good times. And that's where we'll leave this week, everybody. Thanks for listening. You can follow us all week on social media. Just type in at, well, type in Wolves Fancast and you'll find us there on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and whatever. And again, for the last time, please come to the show. We'll, we think you'll really enjoy it. I'm not begging anymore. Uh, WolvesFancast.com forward slash Fancast Live or WLV.ac.uk slash, uh, I think it's a read the dash theatre. And you can find us there. I think we're literally the next show on the list now. So you can find us easy to buy your tickets and hopefully we'll see you Friday Matt has this been the worst experience of your life not at all good not at all. I've enjoyed good. it thank good. you for having me we still accept yes to that question but yeah <laughs> it's fine uh, so for this week it's bye from Matt goodbye thank you bye from Jordan ciao ciao yes on, on, th- point. on point there we go. it's bye from Andy we'll see you all on Friday we'll see you all Friday or we'll see you next time but we'll see you all on Friday on Friday see you then <laughs> <laughs>